Cherry Hill Volvo, we have absolutely incredible offers and a plethora of both new and certified Volvos from which to choose. We are eager to offer amazingly competitive prices, plus an additional $1,000 Costco discount on all new Cherry Hill Volvos. When leasing or purchasing a new or certified Cherry Hill Volvo, you become a valued part of our team. Join Cherry Hill Volvo for the pricing and attention you deserve. I am Judith Krepnick, president of Cherry Hill Volvo. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. This is the next generation of talk. Now, this is the drive at 5.30 minutes of non-stop talk with Rich Zioli. The White House turns around and says, hey, listen, we are doing things at the border. Just watch us, really, as the Republicans now announce they are going to impeach Alejandro Mayorkas. Good. And they have a big press conference at the border. The new mayor of Philadelphia gets tough on crime, vowing to close the open-air drug markets. And Donald Trump has officially appealed the Colorado Supreme Court ruling. Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here. We got 30 minutes of nonstop talk for you. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. Let's begin right there, shall we? Donald Trump officially now filing an appeal to the United States Supreme Court saying that the state of Colorado had no right to bar him from their ballot. And good. I'm glad he's doing this. Yesterday, he appealed the decision from the main secretary of state. And now officially he's appealed the Colorado decision. The Supreme Court of the United States is going to have to address this, no question about it. It's just a matter of when. And I don't think they'll do it by tomorrow, which I believe is Colorado's deadline. But that's okay because the Supreme Court can tell Colorado, you, you do nothing and you wait for us and we'll, we'll get back to you. And I imagine that that's exactly what's going to happen. Or maybe they'll put out a one-page ruling saying that uh, there's a stay, and in the meantime, Trump gets to be on the ballot until they they decide otherwise. There's a couple different directions this could go. I think what's obvious, though, is that as we've looked into this more and more, the effort to stop Trump from being on the ballot, two very obvious things. Number one, what David Axelrod said, all you're doing is helping Trump. Number two, all you're doing is annoying people and, and, and infuriating them by trying to take away their right to vote for the candidate that they want to vote for. And it's not a good strategy and it's not working. And it's again, it's, it's it, it, you know, if, if there's a theme for the show today, I guess it's mind virus. I talked about the mind virus that uh, that is the immigration problem where you've got these woke Democrats on the national level who believe in open borders now you have Democrats on the local level, whether it's the mayor of El Paso or the mayor of uh, Edison, New Jersey, or the mayor of New York City or wherever else turning around and going, hey, we don't want these people here. But the mindset of the left is America is an awful, terrible place. Therefore, everybody who wants to come here should be allowed to come here to this awful, terrible place. 
And this dichotomy is the problem. I talked about the woke mindset of people like Larry Krasner, the district attorney of Philadelphia, who believes that criminals are the victims of society's largesse and therefore you should not prosecute criminals because they are the victims of capitalism. This is going to be the battle that the new mayor and the new police commissioner have to deal with in Philadelphia. And I spent a lot of time on that in the three o'clock hour if you missed it. Democrats are now talking about a border deal. Let me explain to you what Democrats mean when they talk about a border deal. Chuck Schumer is an old Democrat. So he's from a time when Democrats actually talked about things like building a wall. Chuck Schumer is from a time when Democrats actually talked about things like deporting illegal immigrants and making uh, E-Verify a thing and making sure that, that people could not come into this country illegally. There was a time when Democrats talked about these things. Chuck Schumer is from that time. Since then, the Democrat Party has obviously become the party of open borders. They always really were, but they at least said the right things back then. You know what I mean? They said the things that they thought people wanted to hear. So when, when Schumer comes out and says, we're not going to get a border deal done, he's using old language. He's using outdated language. The new thing is immigration reform. If you listen to one of the things about the left that drives me crazy is that they play semantics with everything. You know, words have new meanings. They create new meanings. They add unnecessary words. I was always taught when I was learning how to write that less is more and you should try to be succinct as a writer. Use the fewest number of words possible to prove your point. The left does the opposite. They add words and they, they toss word salads around and they create things all the time. And one of those things that they do, and they do this all the time, is they, they take something that we've all talked about, like border security, and they rephrase it and repackage it as immigration reform. We're not talking about immigration reform. We're talking about border security. They want to direct it away from that because they don't want to deal with border security. So they change the language into something else. And they do this constantly. The left does this constantly with things. That's why equity is all the rage now. It's no longer equality. Equality, which means that everybody's treated the same. It's equity, which is the equity of outcomes. Everybody gets the same. This is Chuck Schumer, though. Remember, he's a Democrat of a, of a different era. I'm not saying he doesn't agree with the modern-day thinking of the left. I'm just saying that he's using the language here that is the outdated language that the Democrat Party no longer uses. They don't want to use words like border security. They don't want to talk about the border. They want to talk about immigration reform. These are two separate things. Talking about the border separate from immigration reform is kind of the equivalent of saying, we don't want to talk about um, you know, uh, food on airlines. We, we want to talk about uh, 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 airport reform. Yeah, well, before... Uh, well, I'm not talking about the airport situation. It's completely different. I'm talking about the, the situation on the in the air, on the plane. Well, we keep bringing it back to airport reform. No, no, no. I want to talk about the fact that I can't get any good food on, on my flight once I've left, once I'm, on, once I'm in the air. Well, I don't know. No, no. It's, it's the, the airport reform issue needs to be tackled before we can discuss any of that. You go, but I, I left the airport. I'm in, I'm in the plane. I'm not, I'm not at the airport anymore. Why do you keep bringing it back to the airport? Because we don't want to address the issue of the food on your air on your airplane. That we don't want to talk about it. So we're going to keep bringing it back to what we want to talk about, even though the two have nothing to do with each other. Securing the border has nothing to do with immigration reform. Immigration and and the border are two separate things. Any person can go to a legal United States port of entry and claim asylum. That is the law of the land. 
you can go to a United States port of entry and you can claim asylum. You may not get it, but you can claim it. Immigration deals with people. We have an entire immigration system. It deals with things like work visas. It deals with um, education uh, visas. So students can come over here and travel and people can get their all pairs and their nannies. And we have an entire system dedicated to immigration. We have, we have a system dedicated to people having green cards, legal permanent residents, and all kinds of things. That is not what we're talking about. We're talking about the border, which when people cross that border illegally, that is not an immigration issue. That is a national security issue. Two separate things. If you want to talk about immigration reform, you want to talk about maybe uh, expediting processing of things. You want to talk about, you know, maybe we have too many people from this country coming in and not enough people from that country coming in. Maybe we have too many people going to our universities from country A and not enough from country B. All those things are part of the immigration system. If you want to talk about the traffic at a United States port of entry, a legal port of entry, a legal border crossing. Okay, that's part of the immigration system. You can talk about that. Uh, the, the, the situation at the border in terms of when you cross a legal port of entry into the United States of America, do we need better processing, facial recognition? Do we need to use more machines? Do we need to use uh, more, uh, more modern technology? All those things. We're not talking about that when we talk about illegal immigrants crossing the, the border. That is a national security issue. But Democrats always want to control the narrative and they always want to control the language. And they play these word games and semantic games to confuse and distract people. Here's Chuck Schumer, cut two. When the House clings to H.R. 2 as the only solution which every Democrat has voted against, I believe both House and Senate, certainly every senator voted, every Democratic senator voted against it. I think every Democratic House member voted against it as well. If not, it was almost everyone. Um, We're not going to get a deal. But I think that if we pass something in the Senate, and look, we're working hard to get that done. But as I said, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard. It's, it's, it's hard. It's really hard. Uh, the problem is Dem- there's not a single Democrat that wants to deal with the border. And Republicans need to be careful here. Don't get duped. Don't, don't fall for their nonsense. You talk about immigration reform. You know what they'll give you? They'll give you a change to uh, certain amnesty words. And again, it'll be more words that they'll deal with. And and the law applying to this particular amnesty issue and that sort of thing, which the courts will ultimately decide on anyway. If you sacrifice, if the Republicans sacrifice border security for anything else under the guise of immigration reform, then they're even bigger idiots and sellouts than we thought that they were. Honestly, they, they really are. They're, they're even worse than we thought. Because the only thing that needs to happen right now, there should not be a single conversation about immigration reform until you deal with the border security issue, which is a national security issue, the southern border being wide open, this invasion that's happening, people crossing the country illegally. I don't want to hear about your, your, you cleaning up the lounge at the airport as I'm complaining about the food on my flight. All right. And if you keep bringing it back to the food at the airport, I'm going to be very frustrated because you will not address the issue that is important to me. The food when I'm in the air, not what I'm eating in Terminal B. It's the same thing. You know, they keep getting it away from the border and Republicans are so stupid, they keep falling for it. And they turn around and go, well, we made some real progress here. We, uh, we made some real progress on the, uh, on, the, on, on the issue. No, you haven't made any progress whatsoever. 
This is um, this is Ro Khanna, Congressman Ro Khanna from California on MSNBC, uh, as he discusses what he's willing to do in exchange for aid to Ukraine, the never-ending perpetual aid to Ukraine. Cut number three. We know in order to get um, aid for Ukraine, for instance, Republicans want to deal on immigration, right? So it's a standstill when it comes um, to this ongoing war in Ukraine. How crucial is that aid for Ukraine right now? It's absolutely crucial, and we should have a standalone up or down vote on the aid to Ukraine. And I strongly support the aid to Ukraine. But what I don't support is getting rid of uh, the America's commitment to asylum or parole just to give aid to Ukraine. I mean, we're not going to compromise our entire values as a nation over that. You see, uh, you see what you see what I'm talking about here. What the, the game again? The game that's being played is we'll give you changes to amnesty. We'll give you changes to certain terms in immigration law. But we're not going to do a damn thing about the border. And some Republicans will go along with this, and I'll tell you the reason why. Ready? Here's the reason why. They want to give money to Ukraine. And this is the cover that they can use. They can go back to their constituents who don't want them giving any more money to Ukraine. I don't want them giving any more money to Ukraine. Do you? No, of course, we don't. That's the thing. Republican... Primary voters don't want them giving any more money to Ukraine, but these people are swamp creatures, and they know that the uh, the 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 hydra that is the swamp needs to keep eating, and so they want to make sure Ukraine keeps getting the money. And what they're going to do is they're going to go back and say, "Well, I didn't want to do it, but I had to do it because it was the only way that we could really change our immigration laws and deal with the border." And you'll turn around and go, "Wait a second, what did you do with the border? What does this have anything to do with the border?" Ah, well, well, you have to understand, as people came in, uh, they crossed the border into the country. There was an issue with the asylum. We changed that criteria so we could have a, a more robust asylum system. Hey, listen, hey, I don't care. I don't care what you're doing about their paperwork once they're in the country. The question I'm asking you is, how are you keeping them from getting in in the first place? How are you getting keeping them from getting in in the first place? And the answer is you're doing nothing. You're doing you're not doing a damn thing about it. That's the that's the truth. Well, yeah, but yes, but but, um, but the asylum system is uh, broken, you see. And we if we didn't make this fundamental change in the asylum law, we we would have more people claiming asylum. How about this? How about if they don't come into the United States of America illegally, we don't have the conversation about asylum at all. They only can come in through a legal port of entry because. You have shut down the border so they can't cross it illegally. And then we can have the conversation about how we deal with asylum seekers and every other issue involving the immigration system that involves legal ports of entry or paperwork that's mailed in from overseas to the au pair agency or the company that that requests that they can bring more foreign workers over into the United States of America. All of that's the immigration system. We're not having that conversation because that's not what we need to talk about at the moment. I want to know, how are you going to keep people from crossing the border legally in the first place? And the Republicans, once again, are completely getting duped and played here as usual. But they want to be because they, they, they want to keep giving money to Ukraine. I'm not saying like the speaker does or any of the people. I'm not saying Guy Reschenthal or the leadership. I'm talking about mostly this is the Senate. I mean, this is really what we're talking about here. We're talking about the United States Senate. 
the United States Senate where you've got the the Mitch McConnell and the and the other swamp creatures on the right who want to give Ukraine everything they possibly can. And you have a lot of those kind of Republicans in the House of Representatives, too. You have a lot of them. And all they want is they want cover. They want cover to be able to go back to their constituents. They do not want to stop giving money to Ukraine. And we're about to get screwed here on this because the one chance they have, the one chance, <clears throat> one chance to do something about the border, they're going to blow it. They're going to blow it. Ukraine will get the money, but the border will not, they will not fix the border. Mark my words. That's my prediction. Mark my words. That is what's going to happen. They will get ungats on the borders, we say. Ungats, nothing. And they'll get some weak, lame language change about asylum, blah, 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 and that's it. Here's Corinne Jean-Pierre today with Jackie Heinrich at the White House as Jackie confronts the fembot. Take a listen. I reported that they only deported 142,000 in all of fiscal year 2023. Uh, December had more than double that cross in just a single month. So how is, how is that really a me- measurable consequence? Since May 12th, DHS has been able to remove and return over 460,000 individuals who, who did not have a legal basis to be here. That's what DHS has been able to do since May 12th. And I will remind you, uh, you know, that uh, just last week we had Homeland Security uh, Advisor Sher- uh, Sherwood Randall and Secretaries Biden Mayorkas meet with the Mexican government uh, just last week. And it was a productive conversation. And we believe that uh, the, the president of Mexico has taken significant enforcement actions and we are starting to see the results. And so a lot of this is diplomacy, right? A lot of it is having diplomacy. A lot of it is enforcement. Uh, I mean, you know, I just laid out how last May, while while DHS was removing, starting to remove folks who were here on a who were not here on a legal basis, you had House Republicans voting to get rid of 2,000 uh, you know Border Patrol agents. That's what they were doing. So we're trying to deal with the issue, and we get it. It ebbs and flows every year. We get it. We understand what's happening at the border. That's why there's negotiations happening on the Senate side with Republicans and Democrats to deal with this issue. Dealing dealing with the issue. As the administration's also fighting to keep up, you know, to remove razor wire along the border that is intended to keep, you know, this surge lowered, um, to keep people out from crossing illegally. Governor Abbott's uh, razor wire does not prevent. It does not prevent non-citizens from unlawfully crossing. That's not what it does. If anything, it puts at risk. It puts the lives of the Border Patrol at risk. Now, let's it stop it right there. Let, let's stop. Let, 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 <clears throat> let's think about this for a moment. Remember I said to you earlier how Texas should put barbed wire on the other side of the border, the border that keeps people from leaving Texas? They, the left would love that. Like if, they, if, if Greg Abbott came out and said, all right, I can't put razor wire on the border between the, Texas and Mexico, fine. I'll put it around the other three borders of Texas so that the illegal immigrants can't leave Texas. The left would be thrilled with that. They'd be like, great, awesome. Because every complaint that you hear right now is that the people are not staying in Texas. Let me ask you a question. How does razor wire risk border patrol safety? That's like saying that we can't have razor wire in prisons because that risks the safety of the prison guards. It doesn't stop them from escaping. So we're not going to have razor wire at prisons. And uh, all it does is jeopardize a, uh, a, 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 a corrections officer's ability to capture a prisoner who might be escaping, climbing over razor wire. You go, uh, what, 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 how are, how are you possibly now trying to make this argument? It puts the border patrol 
officers' lives at risk because there's barbed wire and people who are not supposed to cross that barbed wire might cross it, might get injured. And now the, the, our compassionate border patrol agents have to go there and help them and take care of them. And that somehow puts their life at risk. Is that the argument you're making? But notice how she says non-citizens. There's another thing about the left. And I tell you this all the time. When they play their little word games, think of that non-citizens. They're not even saying anymore migrants. They're not even saying anymore undocumented or, or no, it's non-citizens. See, think, think, think of the implication of that. It, 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 in fact, Matt DeSantis, let's back it up like, I don't know, maybe like 30 seconds or so when she says it doesn't stop non-citizens from crossing the border. Please. That's what they were doing. So we're trying to deal with the issue and we get it. It ebbs and flows every year. We get it. We understand what's happening at the border. That's why there's negotiations happening on the Senate side where Republicans and Democrats deal with this issue. Dealing, dealing with the issue as the administration's also fighting to keep up, you know, to remove razor wire along the border that is intended to keep, you know, this surge lowered um, to keep people out from crossing illegally. Governor Abbott's uh, razor wire does not prevent. It does not prevent non-citizens from unlawfully crossing. That's not what See? it does. If anything, it puts at risk, it puts the lives of the border patrol at risk. It puts them in danger. That's what the razor wire does. And that's what the Governor Abbott is doing. Again, a political stunt that das- doesn't actually fix the problem and puts Border Patrol agents. Fixing it right I, now. Well, I just I told. Mean, but I it's, mean, it's it, sure, a temporary solution, obviously. But when I guess the reason that I'm coming Jackie, to it from it this perspective puts, is because it puts the it puts Border Patrol. Uh, they, it puts them in a difficult position, right? I, I hear you. But when you're talking about the impeachment proceeding, for instance, as baseless, mm-hmm. and you have let's stop it know, right there. So let so now so now you understand non-citizens, non-citizens. These are, these are not illegal immigrants because no human's illegal. They're not even migrants anymore. They're non-citizens. You know, the old saying um, it used to be you're a citizen of Rome, you know, and so wherever you went, you were protected by the Roman Empire, and that's kind of been a thing, you know. Citizenship has meaning. To say that somebody is a citizen used to matter. It used to be a thing. In fact, in our country, the basis of our entire constitution was always meant for people who were citizens. But the left is so hell-bent on getting people here to have the same rights as you and I, who are citizens, whether they are citizens or not. Let me tell you the next level of this. As I always tell you on the show, I try to go deeper. I try to to peel back the layer of the onion even further and hopefully further than most other of my colleagues do because you're giving your time, which is the most valuable thing you have. They want to get to a point where these people are allowed to vote and they, they have all of the trappings of, of citizenry without being a citizen. That's what they want. That's why they use the term non-citizens. It's almost, it almost denotes equality to me and you. The only difference is just a legal distinction. I'm a citizen and, and you're not. Then that's the only difference. But, if, but if, we're, if we're basically the same, why shouldn't you have all the rights and privileges that I have, including the right to vote, including the right to make sure that you are counted when they apportion seats in the House of Representatives? 
I told you yesterday that Tom Massey, Congressman Tom Massey, introduced an amendment to the Constitution to say that they are on, they should only apportion congressional representation, representation in the House of Representatives, based on citizens. There's only 435 seats in the House, and that's a fixed number. So you got you to gotta spread that out across the country. And right now they use illegal immigrants as part of that number. When Corrine Jean-Pierre says non-citizens, that's the other little semantic word game the left is using, which is that they want them to be counted for all the purposes of representation in the House of Representatives. So, so understand all of this is deliberate. Every, every word here that comes out of that FemBots programming is entirely pre, pre, pre-scripted. You know, and every now and then they have to do a software patch to update it when they start changing the nomenclature of this or the nomenclature of that. But you know as well as I do, the the, the White House using the term non-citizens to describe people who are illegally crossing the border and encountering razor wire. Think about that. We used to deal with non-citizens in the in the context of a, of a permanent legal alien somebody with a green card who is in the country legally is not a citizen, but is able to stay for the rest of their life. They have a green card and they are a permanent legal alien. We used to refer to them as non-citizens. They had all the rights and privileges with the exception of they couldn't vote or whatever else. We're using, and they, and they had to go through a lot of paperwork to get that. A lot of paperwork. It's a whole process. Usually it begins with something with education or work and then winds up and sometimes they're in the military and there's all kinds of different aspects of that. We're equating that to somebody who's illegally crossing the southern border and encountering barbed razor wire. And we're using the term non-citizens to say how cruel it is to this non-citizen who is just like you, just like me, just not a citizen. They're just a non-citizen. They're not an illegal immigrant. They're not a coyote. They're not a potential drug dealer. They're not a smuggler. They're not any of the, They're a non-citizen. You see? The, the word games of the left never fail, never cease to amaze me. A little bit more of this exchange. Go ahead. Democrats calling on the administration to do more. You had the mayor of Denver today uh, saying that Denver has become the highest city per capita for migrant recipients in the country. You've had mayors in New York and in Chicago begging for more federal help, saying that the administration is not answering them. And then you have Texas uh, saying that they've had to take measures into their own hands because the administration isn't enforcing existing laws on the books. The numbers keep going up. You have you know records being shattered every month. A population bigger than this, the size of Seattle coming in since October. And I understand where you're coming from, but in the meantime, when there's really not been any progress, and you always talk about how this has been an issue for decades, what is the administration doing right now to actually improve the crisis at the border? We have House Republicans that's literally blocking the president's effort to do something. That's what they're doing. They're playing political games. They're doing political stunts. Literally, House Republicans themselves voted to decrease the amount of Border Patrol agents by 2,000 
they're getting in the way and they don't want to help. But we're, we are glad that we are working with Senate Republicans and Democrats in a bipartisan way to come up with a bipartisan agreement to deal with the border security. That's what we're seeing. Those negotiations have been going on. They're going to there's continuing this week. And we hope we really do hope that we come to a place where we can talk about a, a bipartisan agreement. where We can deal with the funding and the policy. And, you know, House Republicans are getting in the way. That's what they want to focus on. That's where they see uh, their there could be the most effective. And that's not what we believe. We, that's not what the American people want. Yeah. So you see. It, it 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 is it is a situation right now where it's the Republicans' fault, and meanwhile the negotiations that are going on behind the scenes have everything to do with changing language regarding immigration reform, i.e. amnesty, and the White House has proposed nothing, and you heard nothing there in terms of what they would do to actually secure the border. Nothing, not a single thing, not a single solution. Not a single offer, not a single idea. The president could have the military dispatch tomorrow. And you're not violating posse comitatus. He could absolutely do it to secure the border. But they have no interest in doing that. There you go. You just heard it yourself right there. All right, coming up. How is it that Donald Trump is now beating Joe Biden with Hispanics? Could this have anything to do with it, I wonder? We'll find out. We'll talk about that coming up straight ahead. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. You're going to want to hear this. Donald Trump is now crushing it among Hispanics. I want to tell you about Emmons Roofing and Siding. You know, I'm so grateful that the team at Emmons has done an outstanding job with my home And for six years, we've used them from the roof, windows, siding, doors, and yes, kitchen and bathroom remodeling. Emmons Roofing is outstanding. Emmons does it all. Matt and Stephanie pride themselves on the great work that they do. Their people are top notch. The work is done on time, on budget. They clean up when they're done. You should reach out to them today by going to emmonsroofing.com. E-M-M-O-N-S, emmonsroofing.com. Remember, Emmons should be your first choice when it comes to all of your home improvement needs. If you have a shore home, make sure you get that roof inspected before the winter because we're, we're in the winter now. Uh, winter weather, it can be brutal on shore homes. Have Emmons give you a free consultation. All their work is done right the first time. We used them for our kitchen and bathroom remodeling and we were thrilled. Not only that, I have a lifetime warranty on my roof and when it comes to windows and doors, you're not gonna find anyone better. You can visit their design showroom in Cherry Hill or just go to emmonsroofing.com. The company I use and trust, emmonsroofing.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. The Zioli Show on your schedule from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. The um, Epstein list 
probably coming out. Coming out, I hope, very, very soon. I hope it comes out. You remember uh, years ago, there was, uh, when Amy Robach was back on ABC, she she got fired after having a a, uh, a little um, thing with her co-host. But uh, years ago, she was on Good Morning America, I guess it was, and she was, <coughs> excuse me, caught in a hot mic saying that they had everything. They had everything on the Jeffrey Epstein scandal, and they were told to, uh, they were they were told to to cover it up basically. Remember that whole thing with Amy Robach? We should try to find that hot mic audio. Yeah, I, I have that somewhere. I can pull it up. All right, that'd be great. Yeah, yeah thank you. It will um, undoubtedly make a lot of people very uncomfortable when the list is finally given out. I I imagine we're hoping we're watching we're hoping it'll happen before the show ends today at seven. But yeah, no, that was a thing. Amy Robach was trying to cover it, and Clinton's ties to. Jeffrey Epstein and ABC News covered Epstein and Clinton ties years after Amy Robach's hot mic. We had everything scandal. She said that Honchos had quashed the story. So what a difference a few years makes. ABC has been covering extensively now the fact that former President Bill Clinton is going to be one of the several John Doe's who will be on the Epstein list. And this is a big about face for the Disney-owned network after the former anchor said executives spiked her Epstein-Clinton reporting in 2019. Just uh, let me know when you have it, Henry. In 2019, leaked footage of then-ABC News anchor Amy Robach shocked the media industry when she was caught saying the Disney-owned network spiked her Epstein reporting. Amy Robach is uh, very talented. She was married to the lesser Shoe, Andrew Shoe. That's Elizabeth Shoe's brother. And then she had a thing with her co-host, TJ, whatever his name was, and now they're a very, very happy couple and they're living their best life, but not part of Good Morning America. I think they're doing a podcast now. Well, who the hell is it, right? This is what she said years ago. This is about three years ago. Take a listen. I've had the story for three years. I've had this interview with Virginia Roberts. We would not put it on the air. Um, first of all, I was told, who's Jeffrey Epstein? No one knows who that is. This is a stupid story. Um, then the palace found out that we had her whole allegations about Prince Andrew and threatened us a million different ways. Um, we were so afraid we wouldn't be able to interview Kate and Will that we that also quashed the story. And then um, and then Alan Dershowitz was also implicated in because of the planes. She told me everything. She had pictures. She had everything. She was in hiding for 12 years. We convinced her to come out. We convinced her to talk to us. Um, it was unbelievable what we had. Clinton. We had everything. I, I tried for three years to get it on to no avail, and now it's all coming out, and it's like these new revelations, and I freaking had all of it. I, I, I'm so pissed right now. Like every day, I get more and more pissed because I'm just like, oh my god, we it was um, what what we had was unreal. Other women backing it up. Hey, yep. Brad Edwards, the attorney, three years ago, saying like, aunt, like, we there will come a day when we will realize Jeffrey Epstein was the most prolific pedophile this country has ever known. And I had it all three years. I had it all three years ago. I mean, it's got to be very frustrating for her at the time. I, I do. I feel I feel bad for uh, for her in that moment. You can tell. I mean, it's real. It's raw frustration. She had it and was buried. But ABC Disney China. That's the parent company's name. ABC Disney China was not interested. 
they they wanted to to cover this on purpose. They buried it on purpose. And you got to ask yourself why. And maybe we'll have more answers on that when the list comes out. But they have been all over the fact that Bill Clinton's going to be on this thing. All I mean, they have been all over the fact that Bill Clinton's going to be on this list. They have not stopped talking about that. And I also wonder why. I mean, is that one of those? You kind of, you know, you, you take the small dose of poison to build up immunity so that by the time it comes out, you're like, yeah, we, well, we knew Bill Clinton was going to be on there. But there's, but you see, I'm wondering who else in Clinton's universe is going to be on there. And I'm wondering who else in the, in the world of media, the powerful media. I, ABC, th- this hot mic moment with Amy Robach is a great example of what I mean about the corporate media. You know, I never call them the mainstream media. I refuse to do that. There's nothing mainstream about these people, and most people don't watch them anyway. You, you're talking about shows now that average, at best, maybe, I don't know, you know, 2 million people maybe in a country of 200, 350 million people. I mean, it's not, it's not that many people that watch these shows anymore. So the whole idea that you're turning around and you're going into the mainstream media, no, no, no. It's a corporate, the corporations own these media companies, and- Look, we're owned by a corporation and just they don't t- they don't tell us what to do. They leave us alone. There's a firewall here between us, which is great. I appreciate that. I wouldn't work here if there wasn't. I, I wouldn't. I would work somewhere else. But ABC Disney China, ABC's news division is the best example I can give you of the corruption that exists between the corporate media and the Democrat Party. Their chief political guy is George Stephanopoulos. And I know that I make jokes all the time about it being a different George Stephanopoulos, but it's the same guy. He was Clinton's guy. I mean, Clinton's guy is the head political guy for ABC News. And he hosts the ABC This Week Sunday Roundtable nonsense show that, again, I don't watch. Nobody really wa- Nobody really watches these Sunday political shows anymore either. And, and, and here's poor Amy Robach saying we had all this and it was killed. So I want to know who in the hierarchy of either ABC News, Disney, or China, since that's the parent company, is also going to be implicated in all this. I mean, you can't tell me they just killed it because of Clinton or Alan Dershowitz. I don't think they'd give a damn about Alan Dershowitz. All right, so they couldn't get Prince Harry to interview, but they would, I mean, it's a scandal involving the crown. I mean, they would, I don't think they would stop. They would hesitate. They, I don't think they would, they would not do it for that. That, that part of the story was, was pretty much out there. The Prince Harry end of it and the allegations around the royals and everything. I don't think it's that. So when the list comes out, you have to, you have to figure out how powerful the people are that are on there, that they could bury that story. And here's this, this at the time, I mean, Amy Robach was a very prominent, anchor for Good Morning America. And she's frustrated and she considered herself to be a journalist and she had the story and they sat on it and they sat on it and they buried it. And and I love the first thing about nobody knows who Jeffrey Epstein is and nobody's going to care about this. I, who, who would make that determination if you realize that this guy is palling around with some of the most consequential people in the world, some of the most powerful people in the world, and then... The other layer of the Jeffrey Epstein story, which we have not even begun to have the conversation about, is why was he doing all this? I don't mean the I don't mean the 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 the, the young girls part of it. That I get. I mean, why was he bringing all these powerful people to his island in the first place to partake in these things, or watch him partake in these things, or watch other people partake in these things? And there's been a theory for a long time that Jeffrey Epstein was working for the intelligence community. 
that part of what he would do was bring people there and put them in uncompromising positions so that he could blackmail them. And it wasn't blackmail for money. The guy was loaded. It was blackmail for other things, blackmail for the purposes of having the United States of America be able to control these people. Now, I don't know the answer to that, but I would love, I, but I would, I would love to understand what the motivation behind all this was. And Jeffrey Epstein did not kill himself either. That, you know, that's the other part about this too, is that that entire ordeal of Jeffrey Epstein's not suicide, you notice how, how, how quickly that went away too? How that, that aspect of the story just completely went away? Part of the, uh, the, the censorship industrial complex is not just what the media tells you, the corporate media, but what the corporate media doesn't tell you what they don't cover. That's also a big part of the story. I'll give you another great example. I mentioned this earlier in the show today, the Nashville Shooters Manifesto. Joe Biden's going to go to Valley Forge next week on January 6th, the high holy day of the left. And he's going to give a big speech about white supremacy and the threat of domestic violent extremism. The Nashville Shooter, the manifesto, she was this um, transgender shooter who hated Catholic, hated Christians and hated men and hated white people and all that. That whole thing buried. The chief of police came out and slipped and said there was a manifesto. Then it disappeared. And it wasn't until Stephen Crowder was able to leak the manifesto, we were able to get some answers about the shooter. But the story also went away. It just disappeared. Hey, who's the guy that did the shooting in Las Vegas years ago? That story disappeared. There are, there are things that happen in the world of corporate media that never cease to amaze me. But part of the problem is what they don't talk about. And I have a real problem with that as a talk show host who has to talk for four hours a day. What we do on this show is we try to figure out, we really honestly weeding out topics sometimes becomes the hardest, hardest part of the show. And I'm not going to sit here and insult your intelligence by thinking you're not smart enough to be able to handle the Jeffrey Epstein story or you're not interested in it enough because it's not it's not flashy enough. Years ago, during COVID, I remember this quite well. I was told at the time, not by Greg Stocker, he never ever directed me to not say something ever, but I was told by somebody who's no longer in my ether, why do you keep bringing up the COVID lab leak theory? It's boring radio. It's bo- Every day, you're like a broken record with the COVID lag, lab leak theory. This is going back to 2020. I said, well, I keep bringing it up because nobody else is. And this, this virus came from a lab. You don't know that. And you're out there saying this every day. And, 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 and there's all these other stories that are going on, these pop culture stories that they wanted me to talk about. And I said, well, I'm not, I'm not doing that. I have no interest in those things. I'm not talking about them. I only talk about things I'm interested in. And it works. The ratings prove that. The revenue proves that. I talk about things that I'm interested in. I'm not going to sit here and talk about things I don't care about. That's why we rarely talk about Taylor Swift on this program. But I knew the lab leak was, was real. I knew that the Wuhan Institute of Virology was where this came from. I knew it was gain-of-function research. I knew Fauci was all over this, but Fauci was a hero. And in the corporate media world, you had a, it was a Santo Fauci. The nation's leading infectious disease doctor. You always have to say that by law. And, and Brad Pitt played him on Saturday Night Live. And you could not go out there and suggest in any way, shape, or form that this dude may have paid for this virus. And he wrote the checks. Because to do that then would undermine everything. And what do we know now? Well, now we all know that that's 100% true. 
We know the virus came from the lab. We know it wasn't an undercooked bat burger with a side of pangolin fries and a raccoon dog aioli. We know that Fauci's group was involved. We know Francis Collins was involved. I mean, he can sing his lungs out somewhere over the pandemic, but we know he was involved in this too. And we know that powerful pharmaceutical corporations were behind this. But part of the thing about corporations is that they have to make money. And while they don't mind you know, crapping all over their customer base in the United States of America, what they don't want to do is upset one of their biggest customers, and that's China. And you saw that during COVID. You saw how quickly they ran to do China's bidding. I still remember that interview that Margaret Brennan had on with the Chinese ambassador to the United States of America who went on about how racist it was and how it was fueling anti-Chinese hatred for the media to talk about the virus coming from a lab. That was in February of 2020. They were already sowing the seeds. And of course, big tech joining in with the corporate media and government to cover the COVID lab leak theory because big tech makes a lot of money in China as well. And all these corporations that own these news companies have movie and TV divisions. You know, Comcast owns NBC News. Comcast has Xfinity and they have their Peacock and all of their other nonsense that they have with all their <laughs> streaming and their TV shows and everything else. They don't want to risk it. So they tell their news division, don't pursue the truth about the COVID lab leak theory because it'll make our customer China upset or in ABC's case, the parent company upset. And so the story goes away and they bury it. The CIA gets involved in misdirecting everybody away from looking into the Wuhan Institute of Virology why? I don't know. Wouldn't you love to know the answer to that? I have my theories. And there's two theories I have. The reason why the CIA was involved in telling people the virus didn't come from the lab. The first theory is because China unleashed this virus to try to get rid of Donald Trump because he was such a pain in their neck with tariffs and everything else. And he was actually fighting back on China's um, economic warfare against the United States of America. I can't prove that. But again, in the absence of of any proof to say that I'm wrong, I'm allowed and so are you to have any theory you like. It's like the Kennedy assassination. As long as there's still thousands and thousands of documents that are classified, I can believe anything I want because I don't have access to all the data. So until I have all the data, I can believe anything I want. But what do they do? They turn around and call you a conspiracy nut. So that's the other part of it too, right? They turn around and they tell you, wow, you know, if you believe those things, you're a conspiracy theorist. And you really shouldn't peddle that out there. Nobody wants to be labeled a conspiracy theorist, so then they just stop talking about it. But what was it all about? What, why cover up for Jeffrey Epstein? Why, why, why kill Amy Robach's story about Epstein all those years ago? Why, it's, why kill the story of the COVID lab leak? Why kill the story of gain-of-function research? Why kill any of it? And it, it all comes back to the powerful people that keep getting more rich and powerful. And these corporations, a lot of these people who are on their boards, you know, a lot of these corporations have people that sit on boards and they get paid hundreds of thousands of dollars a year to do nothing other than be on their board. Well, you know, these people might be on Jeffrey Epstein's list for all we know. And these are, these are, these are powerful people that make a lot of money and you can't, you can't rattle these cages too much, you know? So then everybody has to be good. The other theory I have with this, why the CIA might have been involved in covering up the, the fact of the lab leak theory is because gain-of-function research, which led to the creation of COVID-19 in the lab, 
is something that big pharma never wants to go away. The gravy train of gain-of-function research, which big pharma is able to make money on both ends of this thing. They make money on the creation of the virus. They make money on the, on the treatment for the virus. They don't want it to go away. And as much as we've had conversations now about the truth of the lab leak theory and the truth of gain-of-function research and the fact that the United States of America was paying for it, do you realize that we still have not officially banned it? I mean, we've had conversations about banning it. We've passed bills to ban it, but we have not officially banned it. We've talked about it. We've talked about it ad infinitum, but we have not actually officially done that. And I don't think we ever will. I really don't. I don't think we ever will because as long as powerful people can make money creating Frankenstein's monster under the idea that if Frankenstein's monster gets out and destroys the village, they have to know how to fight him, they're going to keep doing it. And they'll keep doing it. And, then, and, and, and it all comes back to money. I mean, really, it does. It Really, it all comes back to that. And the, the irony of the whole thing, of course, is that these same people are the very same people that will scream about capitalism and inequity and advocate for socialist policies and advocate for higher taxes and, and elect Democrats. But they keep getting richer and richer at the same time. You know what I mean? And then you have a guy like Trump who comes along who's a populist who taps into the anger that actual working people feel because they keep getting screwed over by these people, whether it's with trade deals or whether it's with whatever else. And what do they try to do? They rally to try to stop him. And I went through it with you, that former CIA guy who came out and said, absolutely, the deep state is going to try to stop Trump in 2024. They're absolutely going to get involved in this again, just like they got involved in 2020 covering up for the Hunter Biden laptop. I mean, why did 51 national, former national intelligence officials come out and say the Hunter Biden laptop story was Russian disinformation? Because what's on that laptop would have destroyed Joe Biden's candidacy and they had to stop Trump. So the national intelligence community got involved with that to tell everybody. And what did corporate media do? Corporate media went along with it. And what did big tech do? They banned the New York Post. They banned any mention of it. And the corporate media was out there parroting what exactly what they were told and out there going on about how the laptop is Russian disinformation. So we, we, are, we are constantly in this battle for the truth. And we don't have a, 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 a the corporate media in this country does not exist to hunt down the truth for you. Thank God there's conservative talk radio. Thank God there's people on the internet that do that nowadays. They're there to do the bidding of their corporate masters. Let's just be honest. And you could hear the frustration in Amy Robach's voice when her story was crushed by the corporate masters at ABC Disney China. And how many other reporters and journalists out there who really believed in what they were doing had their stories, whether it was about COVID-19 coming from the lab or Fauci paying for it, that also in March of 2020 or in the months leading up, following that, had their stories killed or crushed or were told to talk about something else. People don't care about this. They want to hear about more lifestyle, more pop culture, blah, blah, blah. Well, you see it, and hopefully we'll have some answers when that Epstein list comes out, and hopefully it'll happen before 7 o'clock. 855-839-1210 if you want to weigh in on Twitter, at Rich Zioli. Big fourth and final hour for you. Straight ahead. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7, Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. 
baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 